Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith and I am coming to you directly after the Bayern Munich Ajax game in which the Bavarians fought to a 2-2 draw with their visitors from the Netherlands. It was actually a really fun game to watch, obviously. Uh, the game did not feature many regulars from either team, uh, particularly from Bayern Munich, as the international players have not yet really got back into camp with Julian Nagelsmann, so it was another sub-filled lineup, but it was fun nonetheless as we saw Bayern Munich fight through uh, what was really a game in which they looked kind of overmatched at the beginning. But uh, as the game went on, they showed some fight, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun, to be honest. So we'll, let's take a quick look at how things played out, and then we'll talk about some, some of the performances from the match. Uh, obviously, Ajax got out to that early lead in the 10th minute uh, from Zachariah Labiad, who put Ajax up early 1-0. And at that point, uh, Ajax had really dominated the game. I know Bayern had some early chances there, but... Uh, clearly Ajax had control of the game, and they really had Bayern on their heels for quite a bit. Uh, in the 40th minute, Eric Maxim Chupomoting struck back for Bayern off of a great feed from Bunasar, which <laughs> I know some of you won't believe that if you didn't see the game, but uh, it's true. Uh, actually, um, Mikel Cuisance kept the play alive with a great lunging uh, tackle attempt on a loose ball in which he was able to poke the ball to Bunasar, who was able to get the ball over to Eric Maxim Chupamoting, who deposited the ball into the back of the net to temporarily not the game. Uh, when we got to the second half, surprisingly, uh, Byron had kept their lineup intact. Um, Tengai Nianzu uh, converted a great uh, diving header off of a feed from Torben Rhein in the 48th minute to give Byron a temporary 2-1 lead. But then Victor Jensen in the 50th minute off of a Free kick attempt that was deflected right to him at the top of the box uh, put forth a great strike and <sighs> just beats Van Ulrich, which is uh, kind of, um, you know, just how things worked out on that one. It was very unfortunate, but a couple of things relating to the goals. Uh, obviously, on <clears throat> the first Ajax goal by Labiad, uh, Sven Ulrich uh, created the opportunity for Ajax with a very poor pass. And at that point, uh, the defenders were scrambling. There was not great communication or really recognition of who needed to be where and trying to recover there, which which really didn't help the situation. But in the end, Ulrich has to make a better pass, and that was really the catalyst for that attempt. Um, as for uh, another key moment in the match, aside of you know that uh, kind of gaffe by Ulrich there, uh, right before halftime, uh, Joshua Xerxes had a just a perfect opportunity. He found himself in a one-on-none. He had beaten a defender, beaten the goalkeeper, and was leisurely taking his time dribbling the ball to the net. And I'm not really quite sure <clears throat> what he was going to do with it. He waited until he got to the goal line and still had the ball on his foot. And out of nowhere, an Ajax defender came out made a play and kicked the ball away. And when that happened, I think you could actually hear uh, the deflation of, <laughs> of, of the entire Bayern Munich fan base because it was quite unbelievable that Xerxes got to that point because he had done all the hard work. He had beaten the defender. He had beaten the goalkeeper. And I, I can't for the life of me think why he didn't just open his foot up 
and put the ball in the net. I don't know what he was trying to do. He literally just slowly dribbled the ball to the goal line and then didn't release it and had the ball kicked away. It was, I mean, it was a, just a huge, uh, I don't know if it's a brain cramp or if he just buckled up. I have no idea what happened there. I don't know if he was trying to be too pretty with something, but it didn't work. And obviously that's a, I mean, it was a big turning point in the game, obviously a game that didn't mean anything. It's a friendly, but for a kid that's really trying to prove himself, he's trying to kind of shake off some of the things that people have said about him in the past, including me, uh, that he's you know not so physical, that he you know sometimes takes just periods of time on the pitch off and doesn't exert much energy. Um, those things all came into play on that one particular play there. So it was disappointing to see from him, and, and he had some good moments in the rest of the match, but you know, you can't, you can't have that happen. It, it just cannot happen under any circumstance. And, you know, listen, it's a friendly, he's a young kid, but this was a, this was a player who has, who has promise, right? Uh, you know, he went out on loan last year, did not do well there before picking up an injury. The whole point of this training camp and these friendlies were for him to market himself to another club so he could start his career over. And, you know, unfortunately for him, it's it's that type of play that's going to hold him back. And, you know, I don't know what the end game is here for Bayern Munich with him. I don't know if they want to keep him around the campus. It, it surely doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're about looking uh, for the first club to come through with a reasonable offer, and then they would seemingly unload him. But uh, that's not going to help things out. Uh, and like I said, it's a friendly. So, I mean, it's not like it costs them the game, but... You know, the point of the game is for players like Xerxes to be able to go in it and market themselves. So I was really disappointed to see that because he had done some really good things before that. Uh, playing as a 10, he was, you know, obviously checking in a little deeper. He was doing some dribbling. He was getting the ball at different parts of the field than he's used to. And, and some of those problems that we had seen with his movement over the past year and a half, they weren't there because he had to be more active. So there were some positive signs from him, but unfortunately, everyone is going to remember that one play. I am sure that it will be viral for all of those fans who uh, did not see the game uh, momentarily, if it hasn't really went viral and exploded already, but it, it was just not a good look. Um, but in the end, 2-2 game, that would have made a difference, but it's a friendly. Again, I'll say it 55 times, it was a friendly. So uh, some of the good things and the bad things that I think we saw in the match. Uh, so there were times uh, the, with the Bayern Munich back line where communication and spacing and basically the, the whole collaboration wasn't great, but it was better than last week. Uh, so I think that you know there were some strides made, but something like that you're always going to see at this point in the season. It's one, again, it's a friendly. Uh, and these... The players have not had a lot of time to work together. In fact, like the defensive unit from this week was even different from last week. So, um, you know, we saw Diopa Makano and Tangai Nianzu start as the center backs. Uh, we saw Josip Stanisic and Bunasar as the outside backs. And Omar Richards got an opportunity to play further up the field as a left wing, uh, proving, I think he proved he could play wing. I just don't know that he proved he could play it well. He was okay. Um, it doesn't appear to be a great finisher given the opportunities that he had. 
probably is a better fit as a backup left back at this point. But I think it was a it was something Julian Nagelsmann needed to see from him. Uh, we've heard that that Omar Richards is able to play not just left back, but potentially even center back and left wing. So uh, I think we learned a little bit about him. I don't think he is uh, quite up to snuff with the other four wingers that are on the squad. But I guess in a pinch, he could fill in. He brought energy, that's for sure. And he had some creativity and he's definitely fast, but uh, his finishing just leaves a lot to be desired, unfortunately. So, um, you know, but again, that's all part of it. We saw those things, uh, you know, come into play throughout the match. He had some players in different spots and and at times they did well and at times they did not. So, you know, if I take anything out of this regarding the defenses, I think we know that, uh, that Bayern Munich has some talent back there. I think they that we know that this will not be the back line that starts the season. And, uh, you know, what we saw from Dio Upamecano in the last two friendlies, I think what we saw from him is he's got some some growth, room for growth within his game. I thought he did fairly well today. Uh, thought he did fairly well last week. Not great, but, but decent. Um, you know, it, it's really just tough to gauge or grade uh, a friendly like this just because, you know, this may be the only time those four players in the back line play together with Omar Richards and Armando Seep as a, uh, as wingers. So, uh, you know, I think that in, in the end it was, a, it was a good effort from the defense. I thought, you know, like I said, some things could have been better, but they definitely uh, had some ups and some downs. Um <sighs> You know, some of the other things I thought I saw, Sven Ulreich, aside of a couple of bonehead plays, I thought he did really well. When he was pressed to have to make big saves, he did. Uh, and that's what you want to see from your backup. Obviously, if he could take that errant pass back off the first goal, he would. But, uh, you know, you can't. And uh, it led to an Ajax goal. And unfortunately for Sven, uh, you know, people are going to kind of point the finger at him. But overall, he probably saved Bayern two or three other realistic chances that could have been goals uh, for Ajax. And uh, I thought overall it was a good performance from him. I'm not, and I'm not going to knock him for the second goal. That was just a great strike. I, I don't know that there are many goalkeepers on earth that are going to stop that one. Uh, so, you know, I think that in the end, Sven Ulrich had a decent match and, and proved that he's definitely capable of being the backup to Manuel Neuer. Um, at times offensively, especially in the first half there, Byron had trouble connecting offensively. But again, these are things that are going to be issues in in friendlies where you have players mixed and matched who probably have never played together before uh, and who most likely will never play together again. So uh, it was, it was you know, again, they did some very good things. They had some times where you wish they would have been a little bit more aligned than on the same page. But realistically... I think that, you know, a 2-2 draw here uh, and with some of the chances that the offense generated, I think that's about as good as you could ask for. As for some of the other individual performances that I think we, we need to look at and kind of assess, uh, as difficult as it may be, uh, you know, we look at Armindo Sieb, who, again, last week was really the star of the match. And this week he, he did some really, really good things. Uh, had a very creative and kind of cheeky attempt there with a shot from the out, what looked like the outside of his foot uh, in the second half. And I think, again, the kid brought energy. He really he looks like he's really fighting to prove he belongs there. And I really like that fire from him. Uh, he's playing like this matters, and that's really all you can ask for from a kid. He's going out there and really busting it. 
And out of all the youngsters, I think he's proven that he might be the most game ready at this point. But there is another player who I thought had a standout performance and looks more and more comfortable. Uh, Torben Ryan in the midfield just really, he impressed me. He looks like he belongs out there. He was put under pressure several times uh, and handled it well. One thing I really liked about him is he was able to identify those opportunities offensively where he should push up really high and work to create some offense. And he was able to do that. Obviously, he had the assist on Tangai Nianzu's goal. And I think Ryan was really one of the understated players of this match. He did a lot of good things. I know he's young, but I think this is a player that Byron can work with. And, you know, some fans, including myself, have really knocked Byron in their ability to not just develop young players at times, but also give those young players opportunities. And that's kind of where I fall. I don't doubt the campus's ability to to develop a player on the campus players progress from the campus to the first team and to me when you look at Sieb and you look at Torben Ryan those are two players who I think have a legit chance to make first team impacts this season now listen Torben Ryan is not going to unseat Joshua Kimmich or Leon Goretzka for a starting role Armindo Sieb is not going to unseat any of the four wingers that Bayern Munich has, Leroy Sané, Kingsley Coman, Serge Gnabry, Jamal Musiala. It's, it's not happening. But should injuries happen, which we know they will, should Bayern be caught in a part of the season where they have a numbers crunch and, and just a slew of games in a condensed part of the schedule, I'd be okay and comfortable with those players being called up and having to play a role. Uh, they impressed me that much. So uh, if anything... Uh, I came out of these two friendlies knowing what I have in those two players. Josip uh, Stanisic did well at times. Again, like I, I don't want to knock any of the defenders too much because I don't feel like individually they did bad man-on-man defending. I don't feel like they were bad in zonal defending. I think just at times there was just a lack of communication, not just in this match, but also last week. So uh, when you're playing with partners you're not used to, uh, that can happen. So I don't want to judge them solely on that. I want to judge them on their individual performances. And I thought Stanisic did really well over the past two games. I think he's shown again, he is, you know, he's got the potential to be a player at this level. I don't know if he's a starter at this level, but perhaps he could work his way into being either a rotational guy or a sub uh, but he's got some talent, and I think on many other teams, not just in Germany, but in Europe, uh, I'm not saying top-end teams, but teams that are in the middle of the pack to the lower end of their respective leagues, I think he could f- go in and fight to be a starter at that position. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with him and how he's used, given that Bayern has uh, really just uh, loaded up on the left-backs and really, I mean, for that kid, it's it's kind of tough to think that he would be able to break through the wall of Alfonso Davies, Luca Hernandez, and, and Omar Richards. I mean, he's got three people ahead of him right now. And uh, as, as well as I think he's performed at times, uh, it just seems unrealistic that he'll be able to break through into the first team with Bayern Munich consistently. Um, another player that needed to have a good game was Mikel Cuisance, and I think he did. Uh, obviously, he's not playing the 10 in this offense. He's playing the 8. Uh, well, it almost seems like 
he could be the six. They're just playing kind of a dual central midfielders where Cuisance uh, and Torben Ryan, you know, appear to take, I don't want to say take turns, but they read the play and decide who's going to, to push up and make that impact offensively. At times today, we saw them both push up and be involved in the offense. But I thought Cuisance did a really good job of adapting, sitting a little deeper at times. I thought he read the game well, and he had a couple of turnovers that I didn't like to see. Uh, particularly one in the first half where I felt like it was almost a bit of laziness on his part, but he recovered well. And I thought he really had a good work rate for the entirety of the contest, aside of a few brief moments, uh, did some things. He created the play that, uh, that got Chupo Moting his goal by really coming in, making an aggressive lunging tackle to poke the ball to Bunasar, who had a great cross there. Uh, and, and Cuisance just, he looked good on the ball. He didn't force things. And he was creative. And that, that's what he can be if he dedicates himself to doing things the right way, if he can maintain a good mentality. And, and we all know that that has been the knock on him. His attitude and his mentality have really been knocked at, at Bayern Munich and elsewhere. So hopefully this is the kind of performance that can open his eyes to what he can be as a player. And again, I'm okay with him being on the roster this year. I feel pretty comfortable about it. I still think in the end, Bayern Munich is looking to move on from him either via loan or by sale, but uh, I'm okay if he sticks around. Uh, uh, you know, To me, I think he's a player who only gets better when surrounded by uh, a team like Bayern Munich, uh, and that's where he would benefit, being around players who are more advanced, who are more creative, who have better ideas, I think would benefit someone like Cuisance. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, again, he's a player who needed to have a big preseason, just like Xerxes. And it appears that Cuisance is at least starting to acknowledge that and work toward it, where Xerxes, um, that one play just killed him. It just really killed him because he, he did well in so many other areas, but uh, that will always be what people remember about this one. Uh, but in the end, overall solid performance, better than last week for Bayern Munich. I think uh, that Julian Nagelsmann was probably pretty happy with a lot of what he saw. And, uh, you know, it, it was good for this group of players to get out and do things. I'll be honest, uh, I, I don't know who some of the players were in the second half that came on. Uh, but I was impressed with some of them. And the one kid pulled off a of Maradona. There was some good creativity and linking up. Uh, I liked what I saw from that group. I'll have to go back and watch to get the exact names. The problem was on my stream, the announcer was struggling just like I was to figure out who all of these youngsters were. So he had trouble identifying them as the play was going on. And, and I was also live tweeting the match. So it was really tough for me to zero in on getting these kids' names. But, uh, you know, I thought some of those players really, really looked good. And I have to go back and see exactly who they were but uh, I liked what I saw and the biggest thing I liked and this is this might tell us something about Nagelsmann is those kids came into the match and they didn't play scared they didn't let the moment overwhelm them they came in and they were aggressive and they played hard and they tried things they had no fear of trying things and failing like the kid that pulled off the Maradona he didn't care if he got stopped like that's what you want to see and I think some of that comes from the players being confident but some of that comes from playing for a coach who is not going to flip his lid if you mess up. And I think the way that Nagelsmann communicates with young players especially 
kind of instills them with some confidence and allows them to play a little more freely, which is exactly what you want to see from kids in this situation. So I was really happy about that. And, and listen, I know there's going to be some complaining about the stream, right? Like I didn't really have a problem with it, to be honest, like my stream worked and I, I used the Facebook stream. Um, and I thought it was, it was fine. Uh, the audio was a trouble was troubling at times. At, at times it went out at other times I was getting like a mix of German and English where I could hear the German commentary in the background. And I don't know if that was just because of where the announcers were physically located. We were getting some of that, or if it was just a problem with the feed, but, uh, I was happy just to have the ability to watch it. So, uh, that's a big thanks to Bayern Munich for making that happen over their own Facebook channel there. Because think about it, it, you know, it's better to be able to watch that game even with some issues than to not have any access to it at all. So I appreciate that. I, I You know, any of the little things that, that happened with the, the volume or the announcing or the play-by-play, any of that, like it, any of the technological issues that happened, I, I wasn't really worried about it. Those are... Those are just things that you work through and fight through. So uh, I was just happy to have access to the game. And I think a lot of fans felt the same way, as difficult as it might have been at times, if you experienced buffering or anything like that, like our own Tom Adams did, uh, just to have access to the game and be able to watch it and see these young kids play and, and get a get a little bit of a read on what things might be like under Julian Nagelsmann, I think, that was the key thing, and I was just happy to have that. So thanks again for joining us. This has been the post-game podcast. Please check out all of our post-game coverage, which will include awards, observations, uh, initial analysis, which was part of our live blog, and probably some post-game reactions if we can find those as well. So uh, check me out at The Barrel Blog on Twitter, and please catch us next time with Bavarian Podcast Works. We will see you later.